You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up NFL Draft with your host, Daniel Garen, Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how you doing today? Doing good. I'm excited for this concept. Uh, it kind of stemmed from seeing people debate certain pairs of prospects, and then we kind of took it and ran with it to uh, kind of talk about guys at the same school. So I'm excited to dive into this. This should be really interesting. Yeah, and we got six groups of players here. So uh, let's start out on the defensive side here for our first group. It's a uh, Arnold Epiquette versus Jesse Lucetta, uh, the Penn State group. Um, so Lucetta had previously been an off-ball linebacker, but he he's a bigger guy. He's, what, 250, 260 probably? Yeah, he was listed at 6'3", 247 at Penn State this year, and then he measured at the senior bowl at 6'2", 261. So he pretty much kind of made that full transition during this season into the offseason, getting ready to play a, uh, an edge role all the time. Yeah, and obviously he could move back and end up playing more of that off-ball role, and that had been talked about, I know, um, by some. I know a lot of other draft people viewed him as that off-ball linebacker, but again, off that 2021 tape, you like what you see, especially for a guy in his first year in that role. Yeah, and then with Ketty, he's a Temple transfer who – um once he I mean he he kind of exploded off at the beginning of the season where he had a ton of pressures and QB hits against Wisconsin and he was really consistent with that throughout the rest of the year um and he's 6'2 250 so a little undersized but still you know within the NFL benchmarks of being a uh you know regular player at at defensive end or outside linebacker yeah and again with Epicate I I know that he was only one year at Penn State, but you do expect him to still test decently well. He's not going to be some like awful tester. I know it's probably not going to live up to the normal Penn State testing profile of these freaks, but I do think he is going to test decent. Um, I would expect Luketa to test exceptionally just because that's a very common thing for uh, Penn State players. Yeah, and with Lucetta, like I mean, like you said, like making that transition, he still looks very athletic uh, playing at defensive end, and he does, uh, like you said, like he's obviously experienced playing off ball, but he, you know, he'll put his hand in the dirt, he'll rush from a two point or three point, four point stance. They'll drop him back into coverage from a defensive end spot. They'll kick him inside, uh, kind of on certain downs to rush from the interior, or even they'll move him inside when it's like a goal line defense. And they, uh, you know, kind of need to stop the run up the middle. He'll kick inside to a four eye or even a three tick. So he can do really everything. And I tweeted this out that I liked Lucetta a bit more than Ebiketti last night. And I'll explain why, because when I was watching Ebiketti, I was kind of disappointed mostly because he is not very good against the run, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, he's a little slow up the snap. He has a good burst. He just doesn't time it well. 
Um, and he has pass rush moves and he's decently decent, decent. He's decent at bending around the corner, but I just like the athleticism wasn't that great. And I'm not sure how much power he really has. And with Lucetta, he's, I think it's clear that he is new to playing on defensive line from a pass rush perspective. Like he doesn't have a ton of moves. Um, I would say their power is probably about equal, but my thing with Lucetta is that I think you can really play him on all three downs and you can ask him to do anything in that you can have him rush the pass. Or it's, he's not as good as Ebiketti in just that. But in my mind, he's a much better run defender. He diagnoses the run extremely well, he takes really good angles to the ball, and he does a good job of stacking and shedding. And you can also even drop him into short zone coverage, which I was thinking of him in like a Ram-style defense where they ask their outside linebackers to do a lot of different assignments. So for those reasons, like I'm comfortable playing Jesse Lucchetta on every down in any kind of defense, whereas Ebiketti, I think you have to start him out as a designated pass rusher. And frankly, he might. I'm not sure if he develops to anything really beyond that. Yeah, I I like I like Lucetta a good bit here as well. So one thing I gotta say, dude just looks mean in a four point stance. He mm-hmm. just looks so aggressive, and man, I really like it. I want I want that more. I I want guys like that on my football team. I know that's not a very uh, modern approach to anything, but sometimes, man, dudes just look like football players, mm-hmm. and sometimes they just are, and he is. And uh, another thing, watching the Auburn game with them, it's not good technique at all. Uh, no. <laughs> he, but, man, he, do, he does sometimes where he's doing stuff. It's like you're not supposed to do that, but you make the play anyways. Like he he had one time where he, he like, matched Bo Nix on a juke. And it's like. Yeah, I remember that. I know exactly what you're talking be, about. You shouldn't be doing that. It's bad technique. But, man, it worked because yeah. you're just a freak. Yeah. And you can like, I, I think you'll be able to teach. Cause again, this is only his first year really playing edge and he did everything besides, you know, pass rush technique quite well. But, I mean, like the hands were still decent, just he doesn't have the moves out yet. And I think you can still teach him that like, granted, he might be an older prospect, but I just think the the base level you're getting with Lucetta is significantly higher than it is for Ebiketti. And again, I don't think either of them are, you know, I honestly don't, I don't think I'd draft either in the top 100. Uh, but if I had to, I'd probably pick Lucetta over Epiketti. Uh, I, I just think with the value of the position, you could, uh, I could see them going day th- uh, round three. Just yeah. with the v- pass rusher value. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it'll be interesting because this, the edge class is so deep that it'll kind of just be guys will kind of go like where teams, you know, it's kind of a pick your poison thing in that guys or, you know, your flavor of the week. And that's like teams will just value different types of skill sets. And so, you know, there could be guys there could like, there's a bunch of guys that you could say like could go around three. It's just kind of a matter of how the board falls and which teams need what kind of player. Like I was kind of working on a mock today and, you know, like maybe like a guy like Isaiah Thomas from Oklahoma kind of falls out or a guy like, uh, you know, one of these guys or Sam Williams, you know, cause Sam Williams is off the field issues. So maybe he, gets in there so it's it's kind of it'll be interesting to see uh with these guys where they end up falling but yeah i liked lucette a lot more than abiketti yeah and, and i would have said about a month ago that you you can throw boy mafe in there but apparently mm-hmm. not anymore nope uh, so <laughs> yeah uh, the first round hype for him has begun which is a little rich for me but well yeah I, no I, dig- I, I digress i was very i was like i had him the whole season uh had had him above my jay sanders and i was like yes 
I got this. <laughs> I got this. I love this guy. I like him a lot. I'm comfortable with him. Like end of the second round. I'm. Mm-hmm. This is my guy. And then now yeah. he's like Con- a round one player. Yeah, confirming priors is always the best until it completely jumps the shark. Yeah, no, it's 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 rough. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I, I I kind of am a fan of Luketa over Ebikete as well. I it's not a concrete thing. I'm not hundred uh, percent confirmed in that, but like just off of the initial, I'm only like two games into these guys, but off the initial watches, I I'm team Luketa. Good, good. We like that. Yeah. Uh, moving on next to James Cook versus Samir White, the Georgia running backs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think White got a lot more of the hype in the preseason, mm-hmm. but I would expect Cook to be the higher pick here uh, now at this point. And I, I think that there's a reason for it. Hey, Cook's just like cook is the more valuable skill set oh yeah no question white i feel like you can get guys like zamir white every year rounds four five six let's let's put it this way zamir white would have been a first round pick uh 20 years ago he would have been a trent richardson went at three that's true that's a good point 10 years ago (laughs) yeah you're right (laughs) yeah like this guy like just not too long ago would have been a super high pick, but you can find these guys every single year. It's not a very valuable thing. And like, yeah, like I don't mind it. I, I like his skill set for what it is. It's just, eh. yeah. He's like a rotation back that like can be like a, your first and second down back, like, not every series, but if you want to throw them in there, like every other series, give your main guy a blow every once in a while. Like that's the kind of guy he is. Take him out on third down. Yeah. And like, I think that there are backs that you could put on in on third down. That would be worse than Zamir white, but there's just plenty of ones that are better. And the guy, guys like that are like James cook, who are just so much more explosive, more athletic, faster, you know, a uh, Georgia got cook out, out on the edge as a receiver a lot you know, lining up out there. So he displayed, he can do that. He can play in the slot. Um, and I'm not saying like white is like, you know, Elijah Holyfield or anything, but I'd still, he's not, you know, Deandre Swift. So he's kind of in the middle ground there, even though he's super big and strong. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is like Cook's skill set right now in the NFL is just so much more valuable, so much more in demand. Um, and like, again, like you said, like white is not like his, the, the value that he brings is not that much better than guys you get on day three. So he's probably going to fall to day three because of that. Even though if you just look at his like pure, like as a running back, you know, hand the ball off, what do you do? Like, he's probably one of the better backs in this class just based on that. But in today's NFL, when you do need to be, when if, where, if you are going to invest a top 100 pick on a running back, you probably need to be a three down player. And at this point, I'm not even sure that, you know, Cook is that, honestly, Um, just because he is, I mean, he is a Dalvin Cook clone, just about 20 to 30 pounds lighter. So, and, you know, Cook's had his fair, or Dalvin has had his fair share of injuries in the NFL, and um, James is kind of an older player, and I think that part of that is because he's kind of been nicked up here and there. Um, 
So, and also say Georgia run the run, Georgia backfield has just been super crowded for the last few years. So, you know, I don't think any team is going to be drafting James cook with the idea in mind of him being a bell cow 30 touches a game back. But, you know, I would say there are a few running backs in this class that bring his athletic profile, but also his ability to contribute on passing downs. So, you know, I, I, it wouldn't shock me to see him fall to the fourth round, but I think still at this point, He's he, there's a good chance he could go in the third. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I personally prefer cook of these two. I yeah, think I agree. I, I think that Zamir white, although he has that very muscular, strong frame, uh, there's a reason they call him Zeus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, just because he has that frame, I, I don't necessarily see that extraordinary power and strength that would warrant him being used as a bell cow back despite the uh athletic limitations in terms of uh long speed and agility it, he just doesn't have quite enough like if he was i don't know 25 percent more of what he is it would be so much to where that strength outweighs the need for the other stuff i just don't think he's there to where it you can ignore the lack of explosion and the lack of uh, pass catching ability kind of makes me think of a little bit taller maybe a little you know stretched out version of benny snell who's somebody i have quite a quite a good of experience amount of experience with unfortunately yeah i mean i think he could end up a little bit better but i yeah don't, i don't mind the comparison there i think they are pretty similar players in terms of a uh, profile mm-hmm. yeah all right well let's uh let's move on to an, uh th- this is probably one of the more interesting comparison or pairs of comparisons to make for this yeah, next group and that is trent mcduffie versus kyler gordon the corners for washington now man i i absolutely love mcduffie in the preseason he was my corner three uh i absolutely love his feet now you look at a guy like Gordon and Gordon just has that size and that length more so than McDuffie. McDuffie's like 5'10", whereas Gordon's your more prototypical cornerback size. I think he has the ability to be that press man corner that uh, McDuffie lacks, but I think McDuffie can do just about everything else. Yeah, we said this was kind of your classic battle of, you know, versatility versus specialization when we were going through our cornerback rankings. And I think we both agree that we think McDuffie is the better prospect at this point. Uh, But as you were saying, like there's there are a few corners aside from, you know, Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley who can rival Kyler Gordon's ability as a press man corner. And you know, I've been hearing a lot of buzz like on Twitter and on a bunch of podcasts about Kyler Gordon's uh, combine and his possible numbers that he's he might be one of the guys to blow it up. I also heard that he and, you know, you mentioned uh, um, McDuffie's feet. There's was I think they were the guys in the athletic football show uh, were saying that Gordon uh, does. Uh, what was it? I want to say it was like competitive dance and ju- and jujitsu or something or judo or one of the martial arts. So another guy with crazy feet. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, uh, I still think I like McDuffie more at this point, but Gordon is rising. I think, you know, at this point there's, I've seen him in the first round in some mock yeah, drafts. Yeah, he's definitely a guy where he's a top 50 player at this point, I think mm-hmm. pretty easily. 
uh, just really just depends with all these corners. It's more like, like we said before, it's pick which guy you like the best there. There's just like the edge rushers there. It's all more so going to be about fit. And, and quite honestly, that's going to make for better production out of these guys. If they get into a place that fits them the best. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I really do like McDuffie's game because it, it is so well-rounded across everything. Like, there's really nothing he does that is, you know, I would say below average. I would say that, you know, like you said, like his press technique is solid average-ish, maybe a little above average, but, you know, and again, it's mostly probably due to his size. But, yeah, I this is a very interesting uh, pairing. This is one where I could see Gordon going above McDuffie. You know, it would be, it'd be strange, but it wouldn't blow my mind. Uh, and I probably would disagree with it depending on the, on the team fit, but you know, it's, it's a very good pairing that it'll be interesting to see how, where those two end up. And, you know, ideally they both end up in a place that is um, better catered to their skill sets. Are, are you, is that shot at the Jimmy Lake defense? <laughs> Listen, I, I don't know enough about that, but I've seen some stuff. Oh, I, I was, I was, I was just talking about their NFL teams, like oh, okay. relative to each other. I wasn't even, I was not taking a, uh, a ricochet shot at Jimmy Lake. I'll, I'll leave that to guys like Ben Glassmeyer who really know what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. I want to see these guys in good scheme fits for them. And again, if, if Gordon goes to a very man heavy uh, team, I could very easily see, uh, them liking him more than McDuffie. Uh, you look at a place like uh, Dallas. Now, obviously, traditionally, uh, Dan Quinn is more of that cover three guy, which I think Gordon can do. Uh, but uh, he did do a lot more uh, press man this year. Uh, than one, one that I'm thinking of is the Giants, who they're switching over to with Wink the Martindale Wink coming Martindale, in. Yeah. yeah, I think Gordon would be a really good fit there at the beginning of round two. Um, I feel like, well, I don't know. I feel like Tennessee has kind of switched up a lot of the stuff they do. Miami is obviously the back end of round one. Uh, with that's their only pick, I'd be surprised they went corner, given that they're already very deep at that position. Uh, yeah, and but, given they spent a first round pick two yeah. years ago there yeah, exactly. in no league monogamy. Yeah, but um, and like Cincinnati and Kansas City are both kind of turning over their cornerback rooms this year. So, you know, those they, honestly, like if they went back to back there in either order, I'd be like, okay, that that that, that should work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, if since he, if there's a decent offensive lineman available, and since That's he goes true. corner, uh, <laughs> they should all be arrested for war crimes. Yep. Um, <laughs> Speaking of getting getting topical today, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess a little bit. Uh, we're, we're not going to get into that whole can of no. worms, but <laughs> but let's move on to. Uh, uh, speaking of Ohio there with Cincinnati, let's go to Ohio State where we talk about Thayer Munford versus Petit Frere. And so the range where they're probably going to go is very different. The range where they should go, I don't think is very different. No. I think they should both go about where Munford will go. Yeah, we're, we're on opposite sides of the fence here because I like Munford a good bit more than you in that I actually I think he can play tackle. Um, I think he would be very good at guard, obviously. Um, but I, I, I think he played that he played well at tackle for multiple years for Ohio state. Um, I think he's a very technically refined player. I think that he has very good power, very good strength. He obviously isn't 
an elite athlete at tackle, but I think he's capable at least. Um, there is, you know, I, I I did say he's technically capable. There are still some things to iron out, but that's the case with most rookies. Yeah, that's I, why I thought his feet were pretty rough looking yeah. back on the 2020 and 2019 tape. Now, yeah. I, I would say, obviously, live in Ohio, got a lot of Ohio people asking about these guys. So I I've watched them closely, and I will say, I hated Munford. He made a big jump from 2019 to 2020. Mm-hmm. I started to be like, okay, I I said going into the last year, I said before they announced that he was moving guard, I said, I think in the NFL, he'll have to kick inside. That was kind of my thing. And when he did, I liked the fit. I got to saw see a year of tape and I I like him. I've I like him a good bit. I just again, I think you are more of he can play tackle. I don't think I want him there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not maybe one of those things where just because he can doesn't mean he should. I would have been, I, I, they moved him to guard because of their, they want who they want to right tackle, but I would have been very interested to see him play right tackle because it might be one of the situations where he just doesn't play as well going to his right. Um, you know, being he needs to stay on the left side of the line regardless, but I would have been very interested to see if he could have kicked over to right tackle where, maybe you don't need to have as good of movement skills or feet. I know that's, it's not as much the case anymore, but still it's, it holds a little bit of water. Yeah. And uh, I mean, they kind of just threw a dude with no movement skills whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, so yeah, uh, I watched, I mean, and even <laughs> that, like we I'll just throw back to Ebiketti, like Ebiketti pretty much had his way with, uh, uh Dewan Jones, who was playing right tackle and is a mammoth of a man. And yeah, which beef. that, I never understood because yet it's not like. Or sorry, I meant, a, I meant Lucetta because he's playing yeah, right. So yeah, Lucetta. Yeah, no, it, it's not like you don't have a five-star offensive tackle as a true sophomore there that's just sitting and playing at right guard. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ohio State, but that's why their coach got fired. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, back back to the Munford Petit Frere thing uh, again. Talking about Petit Frere now. There's a lot of concerns about his uh, play strength, which mm-hmm. there needs to be. Uh, I'm very interested. Dane Brugler said if he can hit that 20 mark on the bench press, that, that the concerns will be lessened. I don't see how any number on the bench press lessens his concerns because my concern isn't necessarily about his punch. Like, I think his punch is all right. I think it's like average. I'm not super worried about that i'm worried about the fact that he has no leg strength yeah i mean i've seen him get blown backwards and forwards off i mean i've seen him get you know ragdolled by almost anybody that plays across from him and i just like yeah uh, i'd like to see how much the dude squats not how much he benches yeah yeah i i totally get like the movement skills like he is an incredible athlete for you know a big guy like he is even though he's a he's average size but you know, I get the, the the foot quickness, the foot technique, the ability to climb to the second level uh, in, in run blocking, but I'm just I'm just very concerned about his ability to hold up against power at the NFL level because in college you can survive a little more because guys are smaller, they're not as strong, um, you know. But I think in the NFL, especially if he's going to play left tackle the NFL, I think he could just get eaten alive um, because in the, in the NFL also like he could be facing guys that are just as if not more athletic than him where you know it basically becomes a moot point and then he'll lose almost every time against against strength or technique you know if the guys get their hands inside so and he's such a young prospect that he and like you know again it's a case where he's a younger guy you know he has time to develop there's you know if you get him with a good coach they could fix some of this stuff but 
the strength is really just a core concern for me that, you know, I think some there, I think the first round hype for him has died down significantly as people have kind of gone back to the tape, but I feel like there's a, still a good chance he goes in the second, whereas I wouldn't really pick him until the third or even the fourth, maybe. I mean, yeah, I have a late third on him right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm there with you. And that's where I have Munford as well. But if I were to pick, I am much more comfortable with Munford. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> like, even though, even though, but I, even though I think you have a little more faith in Petit Frere than I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very, very concerned about his strength, but mm. I think that I think with Petit Frere, my thing isn't necessarily the comfort. I'm not very comfortable with picking him to be a starter. But what I oh, am yeah. very comfortable with is taking a chance on him. And I think he has a very high ceiling because of that movement skills. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm kind of thinking, I'm just kind of trying to go through some teams. And I know like the Rams have a bunch of picks at the end of the third round. So yeah, if that- they took him and are like, I think it would be risky, but I know apparently their swing tackle, they like a decent amount. So if they're comfortable with maybe starting him for a year. Yeah, I think I think Nopum's a free agent, but I, I think they want to bring him back to succeed Whitworth. So if they if they played him for a year and let Petit Fair develop, I mm-hmm. would, I would like that dart throw. I think that's yeah. what Petit Fair is. I think he's a third round dart throw where you could, if you, if you iron out the strength issues and get him a little better technically, I think you can end up with a first round caliber tackle in the third, but taking him in the second kind of ruins the whole point of what I like about Petit Frere is that he's a later, yeah, like a mid round dart throw. I de- that, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think for me, I, I just, I'm not sure that even if you fix a lot of the issues, he develops into a, first round cat like you know as a player like if he develops into that star tackle i just don't really i just think it's too big too too long of a road to hoe if you will yeah i I can see that for sure it's it's definitely going to be a very difficult thing for him uh moving on to uh jordan davis versus devonta wyatt the defensive tackles for the georgia bulldogs um obviously you have george jordan davis just absolutely massive human being um jordan davis is 360 uh that, that's what i heard today and i was like oh okay that's new that's a bit of news to me because last i saw it was 340 but 360 doesn't shock me at all <laughs> yeah no he is a massive massive human being whereas devonta wyatt's more like that 305 to 315 range somewhere in mm-hmm. there um yeah. and, and devonta wyatt i think can play across the board i think he can play one tech, he can play three tech. I wouldn't want him as a true nose, but like he could in a pinch, I guess, but I, I wouldn't want him there. Um, I would want him as either a one tech or a three tech. Maybe if you're in a, uh, in certain schemes, you can play more of a four as well. Mm-hmm. I think he has that at level of athleticism. I think he provides a lot more as a pass rusher. But this is, again, what we talked about with uh, – we talked about this before. How much do you value a certain skill? Because Jordan Davis's one skill is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I still – I have Davis ahead of Wyatt. Um, 
mostly because of that one skill. And I think that, I think I've said this on this podcast before, but I think that that skill is becoming more valuable because of how it changes the math for how you fit the run. Specifically thinking of like the Brandon Staley defenses where you have, you can have less defenders in the front, in the box, in the front seven, or even the front six, whereas because you need to double team Jordan Davis at least to stop him. And that helps out the rest of your defense. And maybe that's only two downs. Maybe that's only the first two downs. and, And, you know, I think that if you can get him to lose 30, 30 some pounds, I think he can still be extremely effective at stopping the run. And then maybe you can at least add the ability to just collapse the pocket from the top a little bit, but I totally get it with Wyatt because he is so scheme versatile. Like, you know, he, his role and usage was relatively limited in the Georgia defense, uh, mostly just because of how many great talents they had that could, everybody could kind of specialize. Whereas Wyatt, like he's like, you know, Shelby Harris plays nose for the Denver Broncos and he's like, he's listed sub 200, sub 300 pounds. And Wyatt is, you know, significantly bigger than that. And Wyatt was great. The senior bowl, uh, really consistent, um, you know, didn't have as many explosive plays as some of the other guys that had great weeks, but he was really good. Um, I'd be comfortable playing him in almost any defense and pretty much any of the roles that you have for him. Um, you know, I, I think in terms of what he'd be best at probably. Yeah. I think, I think that four, 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 I tech and a three, four be really good for him because he has that ability to two gap, which is relatively rare. Um, but he also has the ability to kind of collapse the pocket and rush the passer from that space. And it's interesting, like reading about him, like he played linebacker in high school. So he's, you know, he's just a, basically just a, a bigger athlete, but he's, you know, he's able to process and see things better than most uh, defensive linemen that are built like him. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And uh, again, any of these, you look at the Vic Fangio disciples. So you look at a lot of your, uh, a lot of your Shanahan tree runs a similar mm-hmm. defense to that, just because you look at, uh, uh, what's his face, the Jets head coach, oh, Sala. Robert Sala, yeah. yeah, Sala, and you look at all those guys, and you look with the Browns, they they don't necessarily run exactly the same, but they have a lot of those influence is where on the interior they want to gap in half, mm-hmm. um, and so all those teams would love a guy like Jordan Davis. Now the thing is always with those teams is some of those aren't going to value that as a first round player. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's just going to depend on where they value it. Then they might value a Devonta Wyatt skill set. Now that's personally where I'm at. I think Davis will be the higher graded player, but I can see a team saying that Wyatt's skill set is just much more valuable. But like you said, it's it's Davis's skill set is becoming more valuable, but I still think at this point in time, Wyatt's is the more sought after. Yeah, uh, yeah, it uh, absolutely makes sense. Um, I'm not. I th- I'm trying to think if Wyatt will end up going in the first round. Um, because the defensive line, the de- interior defensive line class is a little thin towards the back end, so that might push him up. Uh, relative to the edge class where it's so deep that some guys might get pushed down. Um, so, and you know, he's, he's an older prospect wide. And I know there's been some kind of weird birthday math with these two, um, but why it's a bit older. Cause he's had Juco seasons. He's been at Georgia for a long time. So not sure if that, how much that'll play into it because he is kind of, and that's the other thing I was like, why it is what he is right now. And it's a very good player. 
there just might not be as much room to really grow and have, you know, a great upside to being this uh, dominant player that is, uh, you know, a well-rounded, well-rounded and dominant basically. Yeah. And you look at it like, there was the whole thing with Jordan Davis. The Fox Sports had the wrong Jordan Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he is 22, I believe. Uh, so y- you look at it and, uh, man, like you said, I think these guys will both be pushed up a bit just because uh, six guys on the interior defensive line, really, that I think are worthy of day one or day two selections. And uh, I know listening to uh pff's uh nfl stock exchange yeah they were talking about logan hall as a defensive interior defensive lineman uh the Mm -hmm. The houston Houston. yeah um so if he is and that's how the nfl views him that would make seven but really six or even seven guys on the interior is so so light there that Mm -hmm. i think everybody's going to be pushed up yeah, quite frankly. And I think I could see both of them ending up as two day one selections just because of how shallow of a class it is. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's turn to the debate that uh, kind of lit draft has. Well, maybe not lit on fire, but has kind of been driving draft Twitter for uh, the last week or so. So, yeah, it, it's Garrett Wilson versus Chris Olave. And I'll open up here the two Ohio State receivers. I frankly do not care. Like I could not care less about like they're two. Again, with this, it's another one of they're two such completely different players. Now, some of these guys that we've talked about, like McDuffie versus Gordon, they're similar enough. Ebicate Luqueta, they're similar enough. But like Garrett Wilson versus Chris Olave, I do not see a team that values Wilson highly even being in the discussion for Olave and vice versa. Like, I, I feel like these are two very individual players. Like, you look at Olave, just this uh, speed guy. He has good route running. He's been able to separate decently well, and I, I think he's just a pretty solid, dependable player. Whereas Wilson, you're looking at more of this, uh, this guy who's going to be a little – a little bit slower but he's going to be able to have more uh impressive footwork he's going to be able to do more impressive things after the catch um he has more body control um and he just i think his uh his strength at the catch point is going to be better but i think they just have such different skill sets that if you're looking for one of these guys, it's not really going to be a debate. You're going to find the guy that fits you the best. I don't think a team is going to be really debating between these two guys. I think it's going to be, you either need one or you need the other. Yeah. The reason why I dove into this is because, so I asked a question about like why people like Wilson so much, because there are some people I know that have Wilson as a top 10 player in this class, which is something I frankly cannot get behind. And I I can't get that behind that for Olave either. So I was just confused as to why was, why one was ranked so much higher than the other for some people. And like, for me, both of these guys are back end of the first round players. They're probably around the top in terms of ranking around the top 25 ish for me. And 
I actually think I have them ranked like sequentially. Like they're, it's like you said, they have very different skill sets and very different usages, but they're ranked almost equally for me because, you know, for with Olave, you mentioned like the route running is stellar. Uh, he has great long speed, um, but he has problems with, uh, you know, he has some problems uh, with contested catches, you know, going up, he leaves his feet to catch the ball a lot, which is uh, not the greatest skill, especially with maximizing run after the catch. Um, he also has a really good ball tracking down the field. It's just a matter of, you know, elevating and catching the ball through contact. And then with Wilson, like I have some genuine concerns about his speed. Um, I, yeah, I, think, I think he's going to be like a four, five, three type. Yeah, guy. I, was, I was thinking four or five, five. So right in the same range. Um, I, I definitely agree. Like the run after the catch is great. The body control is great. Uh, catch outside frame well, but doesn't really know how to defeat press. And um, the route running is a little weird for me, just because he takes so many steps. Um, yeah, like it. It looks it looks very impressive. Um, but uh, but I feel like NFL that, that? that yeah, that's gonna be a problem against NFL corners. Like especially like if he's already struggling against press. So you know. For me, I, I I think I am I prefer I prefer Olave just because of I just prefer guys that just get open with their routes. You know, I think Wilson needs to be schemed open a little more, if you will. Um, might need to play from the slot a little more. Um, but yeah, that, that's my thing. Is like I like both players. I, I like I said, I have them ranked almost equally. Uh, I have them graded almost equally. But I, I so I just don't really get. I don't really get like standing on the table for either of them like in this draft class where the wide receiver is there's a kind of a big group of guys but everybody else has a different wide receiver one i wouldn't really cape very hard for either being wide receiver one and i think part of it is that for from wilson's perspective i asked like my question was like what do you see that is elite and my my question went beyond just finding what it was but also went like is that trait something that requires being drafted very highly you know, is it something that you can't find anywhere else or you, or you can't find anywhere else where there aren't more major issues. So, um, you know, I'm sure there are guys, you know, that you can get on day two or even day three that, you know, maybe they, maybe they just aren't exactly as good after the catch. Maybe they're a tick, a tick worse, but they are much better route runners and get get it open more easier. So, you know, maybe they're, not you know as dynamic in the open field once they have the ball but they've created a better opening when they're running their route so they have still still have a good opportunity to make yards after the catch it's just done in a slightly different way and so would you rather you know invest in wilson where you have some of these issues that you know you might have concerns about him succeeding at the nfl level and then take a guy later where you know maybe there's a size concern but he does other things well or better so that was kind of my question about this problem or this debate yeah, and again, I think it's going to come down to where you value, what you value, how you value it. I I have issue, I have concerns about uh about Olave at the catch point, and so like I'm not going to want him to be doing a lot of stuff over the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you look at him, where I look at these guys, for for me, when I compare them, I know it's the we did this because this is the popular debate, Olave versus Wilson. I'm not comparing these guys to each other. I'm comparing Olave to Jamison Williams. I'm comparing Wilson to Traylon Burks. Those okay. are the yeah. type of guys where I'm like, would I rather have this guy or this guy? And like, 
you know, maybe a Jahan Dotson throw in there with the Olave. Yeah. And uh, go ahead. But like that, that's kind of where I think that need that discussion needs to move to is comparing these guys to the more similar type of receiver rather than just their college teammate. Yeah. And I think that, and that's kind of the other side of my coin is that, you know, alternatively, like, do you want to take a guy, you know, if for Garrett Wilson trail on Burks, like take a guy who has, who is bigger, um, which you know, can, I would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, and guys like, or like, you know, invest a premium pick, like, would you rather invest like a top 15 pick in a guy like Burks or Williams versus a guy like Wilson or a lot like, I would absolutely rather take Burks or Williams, but when it comes to a, you know, late twenties pick and, and there are teams that will, and I, I don't begrudge them that because, you know, they might like, like I'm thinking of like Garrett Wilson, you know, in the, in the Tennessee Titans offense, I think he'd be fantastic. Um, Eric, Chris Olave in the Patriots offense would be fantastic. But yeah, and those guys that I talked about comparing them to outside of Dotson aren't making it to those teams. No. Yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, like the other, it's like how, basically this all goes back to resource allocation. Like, what is the best value, not only for the guys that are on the board and at the top of your board right now, but the value for the guys that you can get later. And maybe you can get a guy who is graded just as highly as you, but maybe you need it more. Maybe he's graded a little higher or something like that. Um, so yeah, that's, I just thought it was an interesting debate between people. And I think you mentioned, you know, people are kind of, it, I, I can't believe you're accusing draft Twitter of misconstruing the the debate and you know muddying the waters of it like you know in this economy are you serious oh yeah that would never happen no are we? Not, not in a million years <laughs> it's never happened before and it'll never happen in the future oh no it certainly can't. won't happen this year yeah i can't see that ever happening it's, no <laughs> but uh no that it very very it, two interesting players and two guys that i think should go round one most definitely uh, oh yeah, no question. I would be very surprised if either falls out. But again, this is a very loaded wide receiver class. If a team falls in love with a guy like a Jahan Dotson or you know a very solid player in a David Bell, I wouldn't expect them to go that high. But mm-hmm. if a team takes one of those guys that we expect to be in the market for a receiver, I could see perhaps one of these. Well, I would call the consensus top five. Yeah, with, these with Williams, Olave, Burks, London, and Wilson. Yeah, I would I, call that I, the top five. Yeah, I think I think for me, a London is probably for. I love his film. I'm just you know, there's kind of just usage, and I saw something some tweets about like kind of his body type not archetyping well in the NFL. Yeah, so he's very very skinny for being that tall. Yeah, like, it's just he his body type isn't like he, it's not like. Uh, Devonta Smith skinny where it's just like oh man that's bad yeah but it's like there's just nobody really that's six five two ten right exactly so it's just kind of a matter of you know uh, so for me like my like my top tier of the guys would be like Burks Williams Olave Wilson I think really like those four are kind of in their own tier because those guys like I you know there's the top two who I don't really have many questions on there's these two guys who have questions but they're still first round talents and then the other guys you know you're uh, Jahan Dotson's your Drake London's your George Pickens is those are kind of like the next tier of guys and then there's kind of a big drop off between those that top tier of uh, what is that six or seven and then the, the second round guys yeah but that's just how I see it yeah I I agree I think there's a chance that you know uh, p- person by person evaluator by evaluator somebody can jump into that second tier mm-hmm. but I don't really see anyone jumping into that first tier yeah absolutely 
Um, but yeah, very interesting debate between all these guys. That'll be it. We'll be back next week with a nice little uh, combine preview. But until then, let's get fired up.